This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Peacher from SLC Management. Thanks for listening in to this episode of 3 and 5. And today I'm joined by Linda Kong-Ting, who's an analyst in our fixed income group in New York. Linda, thanks for taking a few minutes. Thanks so much for the time, Steve. So we want to talk about the investment grade corporate markets. One of the big stories, of course, coming out of the pandemic has been how strong risk assets have been. And in fixed income, spreads for corporate bonds have tightened dramatically from the from their wides in the middle of the pandemic and are actually now fairly skinny, I suppose, by historical measure. So where do you see that investors can go if they're looking for extra yield and public credit? Well, Steve, that's a pretty interesting question because very little really looks cheap these days. Corporate index spreads are, you know, call it the high 80s. The long corporate index is saying the low 120s. And corporate spread curves are really historically flat, whether it's longs or intermediates or seven to 10 years versus three to five years. On the short end, we've been involved in business development companies, BDCs, which are private lenders to mid-market companies. Those spreads can be sort of in the high 100s. We kind of feel that the most prominent and longstanding managers can still offer a bit of incremental yield without compromising credit quality. In the long end, some emerging market sovereign credits are interesting, especially those with commodity exposure as they remain somewhat wide despite the rally in energy and a lot of other more directly commodity exposed names. You know, the, the investment grade public market is a, is a huge market, much bigger than many people think. And also it's, it's very much a new issue market. So you've got companies issuing in the market all the time. If you look at issuance trends, trends in new issues that are being brought to market, has anything changed after the pandemic versus what you would have seen before the pandemic? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say that, you know, one thing I've observed is that since the financial crisis, we've seen issuers try to do longer and longer issuances to try and lock in rate. But these tended to be names on sectors that were already kind of active in the long end. Overall, I'd say the drift toward longer paper is pretty well justified by the flatness of the credit curve past 10 years for the vast majority of uh, IG issuers. Now, I think we're seeing issuers that traditionally focused on shorter paper are now doing longer and longer issues like REITs and uh, business development companies. Pre-pandemic, there was really no market longer than five years for BDC paper, for instance. And now we have multiple issuers where seven-year paper are standing, and we even just got a 10-year issue in the marketplace. So I, if I was a CFO at any entity that was issuing this market, I would be trying to borrow with the longest tenor I could, given how low rates are. And as you say, the credit spreads are flat. So I'm not paying a lot more in spread as an issuer to go way out the curve. So I get why it's attractive for issuers, but why has the buy side embraced these longer tenors from an investment standpoint? Well, I think there's really a variety of factors. In terms of the general move in favor of 20 and longer dated issuance, I'd say that the low interest rate environment globally has meant that hitting yield bogeys of 3% or 4% for real money buyers like insurance and pension funds has just become that much more difficult in shorter dated paper or even in high yield. At the same time, long dated obligations to meet have also increased at insurers and pension funds have moved more to de-risk their assets as their funding statuses improved. Therefore, short of moving into, say, alternative assets, this is one of the few easy levers you can pull for some yield. So subsectors like REITs and BDCs have also greatly improved in credit quality since the financial crisis, and operators that remain are far more conservative than they had been before. Well, you know, the um, corporate bond markets are huge markets. So even in a market where spreads have tightened a lot, I think your comments highlight there's always, you can always find some opportunity in the market because it's so big and there's so many different issuers. So let me end with a personal question. Of course, you moved from our Toronto office to New York just before the pandemic. So, um, you know, I don't know if that was good luck or bad luck, but now that New York's kind of coming out and things have opened up in New York, what have you been doing in New York to enjoy the fact that uh, things are opening back up? 
Well, Steve, uh, moving to New York was definitely a great move for, for me personally. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge comedy fan. So it's been really great to get back to the comedy clubs, even though I really enjoy the outdoor shows with guys yelling in parks. Recently, I discovered that the actor who plays Mofi on Billions, Dan Soder, is actually really hilarious uh, as a comedian as well. Well, Billions is actually one of my favorite, you know, we've done some binge watching on Billions, so that's great. And now that I know that, if we set up an internal comedy club, you'll be the first person we call to do some stand-up. So. so listen, thank you for taking a few minutes. Great comments on the market. And thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of 3 and 5. Thanks, Steve.